Once upon a time there lived a poor farmer who used to sit every evening by the hearth, poking the fire, while his wife spun her wool. One night he said, How sad it is that we have no children. Everything is so quiet here, while in other houses it is so noisy and merry. Ah, said the wife, if only we had but one, and were he no bigger than my thumb, I should still be content and love him with all of my heart. A little while later the wife fell ill, and after seven months a child was born, who, although he was perfectly formed in all of his limbs, was not actually bigger than one's thumb. So they said to one another that it had happened just as they had wished, and they called the child Thumbling. Every day they gave him all the food he could eat, still he did not grow one bit, but remained exactly the height he had been when first born. He looked about him, however, very knowingly, and showed himself to be a bold and clever child who prospered in everything he undertook. One morning, the farmer was making ready to go into the forest to fell wood, and said, Now I wish I had someone who could follow me with the cart. Oh, father, exclaimed Thumbling, don't you worry yourself. I shall bring the cart. It shall be there at exactly the right time. How shall that be? You are much too small to lead the horse by the bridle. That matters not, father. If mother will harness the horse, I can sit in his ear and tell him which road to take. Well, we will try for once, said the father. And so, when the hour came, the mother harnessed the horse and placed something in its ear and told him how to guide it. And then he set out quite like a man, and the cart went on down the road right to the forest. And just as it turned a corner and Thumbling called out, Steady! Steady! Two strange men met it, and one said to the other, My goodness, what is this? Here comes a cart! And the driver keeps telling the horse. But I cannot see anyone. That cannot be right, said the other. Let us follow and see where the cart stops. The cart went on safely deep into the forest and straight to the place where the wood was cut. As soon as Thumbling saw his father, he called to him. Here, father, here I am. You see, with the cart, just take me down. The farmer caught the bridle of the horse with his left hand and with his right took his little son out of the horse's ear, and he sat himself down merrily on the straw. When the two strangers saw the little fellow, they knew not what to say for astonishment, and one of them took his companion aside, and said, This little fellow might make our fortune, if we could exhibit him in the towns. Let us buy him. They went up to the farmer and asked, Will you sell your son? We will treat him very well. No, replied the man, he is my heart's delight, and not to be bought for all the money in the world. But Thumbling, when he heard what was said, climbed up his father's skirt and set himself on his shoulder and whispered in his ear, Let me go now, father. We are poor. I will make my fortune and I will soon come back again. So his father sadly gave him to the men for a fine piece of gold, and they asked him where he would sit. Oh, replied he. Put me in the rim of your hat, and then I can walk around and survey the country. I will not fall off. They did as he wished, and when he had taken leave of his father, they set out. 
just as it was getting dark, he asked to be lifted down, and after some demur, the man on whose hat he was, took him off and placed him on the ground. In an instant, Thumbling ran away and crept into a mouse hole, where they could no longer see him. Good evening, masters, said he. You can go home without me. And with a quiet laugh, he crept into his hole further still. The two men poked their sticks into the hole, but all in vain, for Thumbling only went down further. And when it had grown quite dark, they were obliged to return home, full of vexation and with very empty pockets. As soon as Thumbling perceived that they were off, he crawled out of his hiding place and said, How dangerous it is to walk in this field in the dark. One might soon break one's leg. And so saying, he looked around, and by great good luck he saw an empty snail shell. Good luck be praised, he exclaimed. Here I can sleep securely. And in he went. Just as he was about to fall asleep, he heard two men coming by. One of them said to the other, How shall we manage to get the banker's gold and silver? That I can tell you, interrupted Thumbling. What was that? explained the thief. I heard someone speak. They stood still and listened, and then Thumbling said, Take me with you, and I will help you. Where are you? asked the thieves. Search on the ground, and mark where my voice comes from, replied he. The thieves looked about, and at last they found him and lifted him up in the air. What? You will help us, you little elf? said they. You do not see I can creep between the iron bars into the chamber of the bunker and reach out to you whatever you require. Very well, we will see what you can do, said the thief. When they came to the banker's house, Thumbling crept into the chamber and cried out with all his might. Will you have all that is here? The thieves were terrified and said, Speak gently or someone will awaken. But Thumbling feigned not to understand and exclaimed louder still, Will you have all that is in here? This awoke the cook who slept in the room and sitting up in her bed she listened. The thieves, however, had run back a little way, quite frightened. But taking courage again and thinking the little fellow wished to tease them, they came and whispered to him to make haste and hand them out something. At this, Thumbling cried out still more loudly, I will give it to you all, only put your hands in. The listening maid heard this clearly and springing out of bed, hurried out the door. The thieves ran off as if they were pursued by the wild huntsman. But the maid, as she could see nothing, went to strike a light. When she returned, Thumbling escaped without being seen into the barn, and the maid, after she had looked round and searched in every corner without finding anything, went to bed again, believing she had been dreaming with her eyes open. Meanwhile, Thumbling had crept in amongst the hay and found a beautiful place to sleep where he intended to rest until daybreak and then to return home to his parents. Other things, however, was he to experience for there is much tribulation and trouble going on in this world. The maid got up at the dawn of day to feed the cow. Her first walk was to the barn where she took an armful of hay and just the bundle where poor Thumbling lay asleep. He slept so soundly, however, that he was not conscious and only awoke when he was in the cow's mouth. Oh, goodness, explained he. Soon he realised where he really was. 
Then he took care not to come between the teeth of the cow, but presently slipped quite down her throat. There are no windows in this room, said he to himself, and no sunshine, and I brought no light with me. Overhead his quarters seemed still worse, and more than that, he felt the room was growing narrower, as the cow swallowed more and more hay. So he began to call out in terror as loudly as he could. Bring me no more food! I do not want any more food! Just then the maid was milking the cow, and when she heard the voice without seeing anything, she knew it was the same voice she had listened to in the night. She was so frightened that she slipped off her stool, overturned the milk, and ran out of the barn. In great haste she ran to her master, saying, Oh, Mr. Banker, the cow has been speaking. You are a crazy, he replied, but he still went to see for himself. Into the stable he went to see what the matter was, and scarcely had he stepped in when Thumbling began to shout again. Bring me no more food! Please, bring me no more food! This terrified the banker himself, and he thought a spirit had entered the cow, and so he ordered the butcher to have her killed. As soon as that was done, and they were dividing the carcass, a fresh accident befell Thumbling. For a wolf, who was passing at the time, made a snatch at the cow and tore away the part where Thumbling was stuck fast. However, he did not lose courage, and as soon as the wolf had swallowed him, he called out from inside. Oh, Mr. Wolf, I know of a great meal for you. Hmm, Where is it to be found? asked the wolf. In the house by the meadow. You must creep through the gutter, and there you will find cakes and bacon and sausages, as many as you can eat, replied Thumbling, describing exactly his father's house. The wolf did not wait to be told twice, but in the night he crept to the house and ate away in the larder to his heart's content. When he had finished, he tried to escape the way he had entered, but he had eaten so much that the hole was now not large enough. Thereupon Thumbling, who had reckoned on this, began to make a tremendous noise inside the wolf, screaming and shouting as loud as he could. Will you be quiet? said the wolf. You will awaken the people. Eh, what? cried the little man. Since you have satisfied yourself, it is my turn now to make merry. And he set up a louder howling than before. At last his father and mother awoke and came to the room and looked through the chinks of the door. And as soon as they perceived the ravages the wolf had committed, they ran, the man to bring his axe and the woman her scythe. Stop you behind, said the man as they entered the room. If my blow does not kill him, you must give him a cut with your weapon and chop off his head if you can. When Thumbling heard his father's voice, he called out, Father, father dear, I am here, in the wolf's body. Heaven be praised, said the man full of joy. Our dear child is found again. And he bade his wife take away the scythe, lest it do any harm to his son. Then he raised his axe and gave the wolf such a blow on its head that it fell down dead. Soon he had rescued his little tumbling from the wolf's stomach. Ah, said the father, what trouble we have had about you and what great sorrow. Yes, father, replied tumbling. I have not made my fortune, but it is the best gift in the world to be home again. Heaven be praised. 
where have you been, my son? The father inquired. Once I was in a mouse's hole, once inside a cow, and lastly inside that wolf. And now I will stop here with you and go travelling no more, said Tumbling. Yes, said the old people. We would not sell you again for all the riches of the world. And they embraced him and kissed him with great affection. Then they gave him plenty to eat and drink and had new clothes for him, for his old ones were worn out travelling. They spent many nights recounting little Tumbling's adventures, all safe in the knowledge that they would never be parted again. The End <laughs>